I love you, Mark. But I'll be quite blunt, Slapnuts. The X at 105.9. He's got a new movie premiering tomorrow called Bottom of the Ninth. You can see it downtown at the Harris Theater or on video on demand from Hollywood by way of Mount Lebanon. It's always great to talk to Joe Manganello. Joe, as the title indicates, Bottom of the Ninth is a baseball movie, and it, it's it got some buzz, some good uh, hype out there. You love sports. You must be thrilled to do a sports movie. Oh, yeah, I am, man. Um, by the way, it's great to be back. Great to be talking to you again. You know, we, we text back and forth uh, during all the sports off-seasons and on-seasons, <laughs> so it's fun to be back talking to we, you. We do, we do play-by-play in color sometimes. Anything that happens to Pittsburgh sports, it's like we're t- we're going back and forth in the DMs, man. It's great. So it's fun to be back. But thanks. Yeah, no, I, I grew up an athlete in Mount Lebanon. Um, I was, uh, you know, in high school, I was football, basketball, volleyball. Those were my big sports. But when I was a kid, I played baseball, too. Um, and I actually, um, you know, I, I, I played until I had my front teeth blasted out Ooh. by a baseball bat at age nine, playing pickup in the street. My friend who was playing pitcher said, yeah, I quit. I was playing catcher. I said, yeah, I quit too. And uh, the pitcher's brother, uh, who was batting, just took a hardcore practice swing and blasted me right in the face, and I lost my front teeth. And so uh, I've, I've had dental issues ever since. I, pl- I got back on the horse. I played one more season of baseball uh, as a kid, and then that was it. I was out. I'm assuming that scene is not recreated in this movie. That is not, but at Carnegie Mellon freshman year, we had this really crazy acting scene from a play called Lady Breeze by John Guare, in which a character kept talking about having his teeth chipped. I chipped my tooth, I chipped my tooth. So I went and got a loaf of French bread and uh, went home to my apartment on Semple Street back in South Oakland, and I, I, worked that, I worked my front teeth out and didn't tell anybody about it. I also shaved my head bald. Came in the next day and uh, didn't tell anybody and came out from... Uh, backstage and revealed my bald head and missing teeth. It's a wow, fun now, party trick. Now that's dedication to the craft. Uh, now do you do the baseball teams yourself, scenes yourself, Joe? Yeah, oh yeah. I, w- I went back into, um, I played baseball every day uh, and, and really got into my swing. You know, I will say that, you know, my character, he does an 18-year stint in prison. Um, he, you know, basically the movie's about a 19-year-old kid who grows up in the Bronx in the shadow of Yankee Stadium winds up getting drafted by the Yankees, the pride of all the Bronx, this kid. He goes out with his friends one night, his buddies from the neighborhood, and they get into a fight, and he hits a kid, and the kid falls backwards, smacks his head on the curb, and he gets nine years in prison for it. Then gets another nine years tacked on for violence in prison for basically keeping himself alive and, and safe. And uh, gets out 18 years later, returns to the Bronx, and tries to put his, his life back together. Um, after doing this long stint and uh, missed baseball, missed the Yankees, missed his mother's funeral. So if you reverse engineer that, he was a baseball player growing up in the 90s. So I went back to who the big, huge baseball players were back in the 90s and what their swings were like. And growing up as a kid, I idolized Bo Jackson. So I went back and um, and I modeled his swing after those old <laughs> power hitters that's of, tremendous of the early 90s like with the big leg kick in the beginning so you can see in the movie like he's got a leg kick just like those guys from the 90s now uh your wife is in the movie the lovely uh sophia vergara as your love interest is that uh necessarily easy to do a movie with your wife i'm sure it was in this case it was for me i can't speak for everybody else who works uh with their significant other but for me it was she's such a pro she's such a sweetheart 
and we just general we genuinely like each other, Mark, and, and we genuinely get along and like being around each other. So, um, what gets hard about our profession is is the space apart, and so having her there on set, having her there in my hotel, having her there on the drives to set, uh, it was great. You know, nothing was distracting me. You know, being on location, having her there. Now, like I said, I, I love the clips I've seen. The movie's got buzz. It's a great cast. And one guy I got a single out is Michael Rispoli from The Deuce and from Rounders. What a superb actor. And it looks like you and he, he's the coach. It looks like you guys have pretty good chemistry. We have a great rapport. He's awesome. Yeah, he, uh, he was so good in the movie. He plays uh, a former coach of mine when I was younger and comes back and offers me a job helping him coach a minor league team. And that's how I... He opens the door for me to come back into baseball. But, yeah, he's amazing. Dennis O'Hare, my buddy from True Blood, uh, he plays my parole officer. Vinny Pastore from The Sopranos, he's amazing in it. Brian Wilson, the beard, plays my rival. He's like the big kind of anti- Oh, the old relief pitcher. pitcher. That's great. Yeah, world champion Brian Wilson was in there um, and, and actually helped me like rework the ending. Uh, I told him, I, I want to make this the greatest pitcher-batter duel ever. How do we do that? Uh, and, and he was there to, to help me rework that. Um, just a great, great cast. My wife, yeah, a bunch of Carnegie Mellon actors also are, are in it. Um, so, yeah, it, it's great. Well, well, can't wait to see it. And, Joe, we got to talk Steelers because camp starts next week. Uh are you glad they ditched Bell and Brown? Is the team at least more likable? Because for me, the crap was getting pretty thick. Oh, man, it was thick. Listen, I mean, you know, since the filming of Tomlin's speech heading into that AFC championship uh, in Foxborough. Oh, right, Facebook the, the, Live. The in Kansas City. Listen, you, you, you don't do that. So, so don't try to blame it on everybody else and say it's everybody else's problem and everybody else's fault, and I'm a model teammate, model citizen, when you do that. The problem was we didn't bench him then. He should have been punished then and benched then. They should have put the foot down then. What happened two years later I think was a residual of, of discipline not happening at that juncture. And I think you saw what happened. It was just a huge mess under the guise of, oh, I want more money. You were the highest paid wide receiver in the league by that team. Are you kidding me? Like, don't, don't, don't try to pull that stuff. I mean, th- listen, you want more money? There's a, there's a, there's a proper way to do that. And there's, and there's a bad way to do that. And, and we saw the bad thing roll out. And I'll tell you what, I was at Ryan Shazier's wedding uh, a couple months ago, which was, like, so inspiring, first of all. Second of all, there was a different vibe. There was a vibe like, this is the team. It was, it was, it was a brotherhood again. Everybody unified to just get out there and win. Uh, and all of the other junk, is, it was gone. Yeah, I, they're about football now. I agree, Joe. By the way, we're talking to Joe Manganello here on the X. Joe, I totally agree. And I think the way that's tangibly going to show up on the offensive side of the ball is Ben can just run the offense now. Nobody's going to be in his ear. Maybe the guys getting open won't have the superstar quality of A.B., but at least he'll throw to the right guy every time and not force stuff. Well, that's a great point because there were so many forced passes last year to try to keep people from crying. And, and you're not going to see that this year. Now what's going to happen is Juju's going to have to step up against the number one cover cornerback against each team. But I think he's ready for that challenge. He's a hard worker. He's a great kid. I th- I, I'm, I'm excited for that. I think we've got a, a great core behind him. And like I said, man, it's a bunch of people that I want to root for. Yeah, you know? I, and it, I, I couldn't put it better. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, a bunch of guys that I root for this team. I want this team to win, and I think you know we're back to having this, the, the the full city behind it. Where last year was kind of off and on. It was like I don't know how I feel about rooting for for for, for what's going on right now. Uh, what do you think Devin Bush is going to do, the rookie? It's dangerous to expect too much from a rookie, but that's what the Steelers need, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, look, I mean, the the, the biggest tragedy was, was losing Ryan Shazier's speed yes. and toughness and leadership on the field, and, and that was felt. I mean, that side-to-side speed that he has, which is unparalleled. I mean, when you have a linebacker that can outrun every single wide receiver on your team, that's that's special. And uh, and so you know we've been missing that. And you know Devin Bush was when I saw uh, I was you know I was in my like home gym I was working out and I had the draft on in the background. And when I saw pick number ten come up and boom you know that 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 there was a trade. I put the weights down and oh man you know I was like pumping my <laughs> fist. You know like I mean I was so excited because I knew what was happening. I knew they were going to make a big move to to uh, to get a get some real help and speed at, at linebacker. That kid's amazing. I think one thing that, that some of the so-called experts are ignoring, and we'll talk about the, the Cleveland Browns hype train in just a minute, but the Steelers are so good in the trenches. The offensive line and the defensive line, I think that they're among the NFL's best on, on both sides of the ball uh, down in the trenches. Isn't that right? I mean, well, that's something that we really saw last year, which was, you know, there was a real debate over the value of arguably the best running back in the league and what would happen if that guy didn't show up and I think that guy had full intentions of coming back but what happened was that line is so good and James Conner so good that what are you going to do you're going to come back mid-season after the bye and you're going to you're going to ride the bench you're going to be second string that's going to hurt your value in the market so then you can't come back because they're so good and then you know what we're going to put in the third stringer and that guy's going to run for 140 (laughs) so like don't discount the power of that offensive line especially the defensive line too those guys are they're tough, man. They're really tough. I think we're, we're you know, we're, like you said, we're really tough in the trenches, and that's a good place to build a team from. Doesn't the hype for the Browns just make you sick, Joe? They were 0-16 two years ago, under five hundred last year. People are talking about them winning the division. Baker Mayfield, MVP candidate. It, it, it makes me nauseous. Well, it's a bit of a wake-up call, I think, because it's, it's like waking the sleeping giant. Because, you know, for years I've run into people from Cleveland and I'd say, oh, where are you from? And they'd kind of look down knowing that I'm a Steeler fan and say, oh, well, Cleveland. And I go, no, 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 I'm not mad at you. Like, I don't, I don't feel anything. You know what I mean? I'm not mad. Like, you know, because we've just been beating up on them so badly for the past 20-odd years that it's like you can't feel, you know, I, I feel no animosity towards them. Oh, yeah, and but, this jump starts the rivalry, doesn't it? That's right. Well, now, now it's like, okay, you know, crack the knuckles. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, man. Square up. Let's go. Uh, are you disappointed with the Pirates, Joe? And I'm thinking maybe Sonny Stano, your character from the movie, he could jump off the screen and maybe finish the season with the Pirates for the stretch run. Maybe that's that's good for the sequel. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. Uh, maybe. Um, look, you know, here's the thing. It's it's hard. It's been hard being a Pirate fan, except during those McCutcheon years, where you know it looked like we maybe had a shot. But then, of course. You get rid of McCutcheon, who's a guy that you make a statue of outside of your stadium. And that was just, it was heartbreaking. And I've just watched so much talent get developed and then traded off. You know, and not to say that there aren't some amazing pieces on this team. And when I come home, I go and support. I go out to the park. I love, I love that stadium. I love going and supporting the team. I love catching games. I love it. But 
when's the ownership going to be committed to winning rather than just making the money off the top? And when are we actually really going to make some moves to bring a title back to Pittsburgh? That's what I want to know. And that's I, I'm challenging ownership. Please, like, let's do this. Let's win. Bring it back to Pittsburgh. Joe, i got to ask one more movie question. Uh, will there be a Magic Mike 3 while Kevin Nash can still get up on the stage? We're both Nash cronies, and, and I think he deserves a send-off on the stage at the strip club. What say you? I, I agree, man. Um, you know, I don't know, man. We're all we're getting a little long in the tooth. So, if we're gonna do it, it would probably be like the Fort Lauderdale, like old age home <laughs> Magic Mike. Well, didn't stage. didn't I see you're in a Jay and Silent Bob movie too coming out? I did. Yeah, Kevin Smith and I became friends. He called me up and said, "Hey, I have this funny role. You want to come in and do it with Justin Long and, and Craig Robinson?" So we went in and, and shot some funny stuff that'll be in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. Hey, hey, Joe, this was great. I, I can't wait to see the movie, Bottom of the Ninth, and I hope we see you in Pittsburgh soon. Thanks again, and I'm sure we'll DM before you know it. You got it, man. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. That's Joe Manganello, Mott Lebanon, Hollywood. Bottom of the Ninth, like I said, you can see it at the Harris Theater starting tomorrow. That's downtown, or you can catch it video on demand. Everything I've seen, a bunch of clips, the trailer. I posted the trailer on my webpage. Looks good. And I'll tell you what. I've seen a couple scenes between uh, with Joe and Michael Rispoli. You know who Michael Rispoli is, right? He was grandma in uh, Ronders, and he's the mob boss in The Deuce. He speaks in this real understated way, but he's so friggin' powerful. So I- I'm looking forward to seeing this flick for sure. Uh, we got Josh Joey at 4:30, and I want to reset by asking: Should the Pirates trade Vasquez? Because I can't think of a reason for them not. 105.9. From the Swickley Porsche Weather Center. We're going to see lots of sunshine today, but it's going to be a hot one. Some areas might see a stretch.